Hello and welcome to Creative Lives, the Lecture in Progress podcast. Lecture in Progress is an online resource that inspires and informs the next generation of talent by providing practical advice and insight into the creative industry. This podcast features a broad range of people talking about what they do and how they got to where they are. Our guest this week is Nafisa Bakar. My name is Nafisa Bakar and I'm one of the co-founders of Amalia.com and we are a publishing platform which seeks to amplify the voices of Muslim women. We have over 300 contributors who write about everything from relationships to recipes and world news. Since 2015, Nafisa has run Amalia.com alongside her co-founder and sister, Selena. Functioning as an online magazine, network, and now insights agency, in that time it has amassed a large and growing online community and has attracted global press from the likes of CNN, Wired, The Guardian, BBC, and was also featured in Forbes as one to watch. Through her work with Amalia, Nafisa has also gained personal recognition. Last year, she was included in the DOTS list of women redefining the creative industry. She's been a TEDx speaker, and she regularly writes for platforms such as Forbes, Campaign Magazine, and Ad Age. A lot of it has been around the representation of Muslim women, in particular in advertising and in media. A lot of my work is about trying to I guess offer a window into what representation looks like on our terms and then some of my other work is around spotlighting my bubble in terms of the startups that I see and the exciting things that I see so the stuff I write on Forbes about and then on Amalia I write a, a mix of things really so like recently I wrote a piece about keeping ties with your family back home so for me I'm Indian so keeping family ties with them I've written a real range of things and that stuff is a lot more I guess personal where I'm just kind of writing because it's just something I want to write about with a background in natural sciences, Nafisa still sometimes finds it surprising that she's ended up in such a creative role, with her day-to-day including everything from editing and writing to creating and delivering presentations to brands. She starts by filling us in on the scope of her work. Some of my work is around guiding the editorial voice on Amalia.com and our social channels and thinking about what stories do we really want to be surfacing, what voices do we want to be surfacing... And then there's another part which is more about the distribution, the marketing, how we use our social channels to kind of grow and get our voice out there. And then we have the agency side, which is more about partnerships and consulting. So that's sometimes I'm having to write proposals. Sometimes I'm having to put together a deck for a company who've like sent us a brief and said, hey, would you be able to fulfill this brief? And sometimes that just looks like cold emails and going through my spreadsheet of contacts and being doing the, hey, how's it going? I was just wondering if you'd like to work on this project with us or whatever it is. And then sometimes that looks like actually going into an agency and delivering the work, um, or it might be a meeting trying to scope out that work. With Amalia now also serving as an agency, Nafisa and the team will work with companies such as Pinterest and eBay to provide insights surrounding female Muslim consumers and users, furthering their work to increase awareness and representation in advertising and beyond. The reason we kind of started the agency side of what we do was kind of an accident. So... There's a platform called People of Colour in Tech. One of the founders of that is a guy called Michael Berhane. 
he just got in touch and DM'd me on Twitter and he was like, hey, this like VP at eBay really wants to talk to you. Am I good to pass on my details? And then he emailed me and he was like, can we talk today? And I was like, sure. Like not really, literally not having a clue what it'd be about. And then he was like, I've been following your work for a while. And he was like, I've been trying to think of the right time to kind of get in touch. And he was like, we're running an away day where all of our senior leadership team are going to be coming over to eBay headquarters in San Jose in California. So from everywhere around the world, about 800 of them, plus our CEO. And he was like, I want to fly you over and I want you to talk to my CEO and I want you to talk to our senior leadership team about your work, about modest fashion, about how eBay can better serve Muslim audiences and Muslim communities. So are you free in like two weeks? And I literally was like, and then he was like, yeah, are you, are you, like we'll pay for everything and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, okay, like how do you say no to something like that? And so we we did that. And then I, while I was out there, I met like Pinterest and that's how the Pinterest partnership came around and things like that. And then I came back and then it, it just kind of kept happening. Like someone would knock on the door and be like, hey, we like got this brief come in and we'd love for you to come to talk to us. Or, hey, we're actually trying to do this thing and we'd love for you to come talk to us. And then I realized talking to us was another way of saying consultancy and or is another way of saying like freelance work or whatever. It, it was like a service, right? And I was like, oh, we're offering a service, you know? And that's when I was like, okay, there's obviously something here. And that's when we kind of formalized our agency arm and we were like, okay, let's see where we can take it and what we can do. And we've done some really interesting things. But rewind to Nafisa's school days and even her university years, and she says that she never had a clear calling and that she had very little awareness of creative work in general. I've never really been like, I really want to do X, right? And I remember when I was choosing to go to university and I was choosing my courses, my other sister she was like, look, I really think you should do natural sciences. And she was like, you obviously don't know what you want to do. And natural sciences allows you to kind of keep options open and do a bit of everything. And I'm really glad that she gave me that advice because it really did change what I thought I was capable of as well. Because the whole like being able to write essays when I'd never really done that. And not many people have afforded that apart from like an option module here and there. So that course for me really changed the trajectory of where I thought I could go and what my skill set was and made me realise that actually it was okay to be good at a bit of everything. And I think for me, I've realised that I have no real like desire to be really good at that one thing. I kind of like start something and I'm like, okay, I've, I, I guess I've grasped it. Okay, time to like move on, you know. I've never kind of sought out, okay, I want to be a creative. For me, like, it was science, maths, and that's all that's out there. Like, like the most creative for me was writing an essay in social sciences, you know? Like, and I think that's where I, I started realising, actually, there are a lot of skills and interests that we all have that we just haven't had a channel or a vehicle to explore. And it's because most skills are pretty transferable. And sometimes it sounds like you do something really niche or, you know, you you probably can't go and work in another industry. But if you really nail down what it is you do and what you need to be in order to do that, you probably can transfer it somewhere else or learn what it is you need to, to kind of get there. I think when most people think about, I want to, achieve x or want to achieve y 
They're very rarely out of reach. They might feel foreign or they might feel different, but it's not something you can't do. And I think just experiences like that, I'm like, okay, I could probably publish a book. Whether I want to is a different question, right? Or I could probably become a, a videographer and start, you know, I'm, I'm decent at taking photos. I'm decent at like filming. I, I think a lot of it is just putting in the hours. Nafisa admits that imposter syndrome is something that she still struggles with. And while she's a big believer in self-learning, as someone who's not traditionally trained in areas such as writing or editing, new challenges can become a trigger. And I think sometimes we feel like, oh, when you get to a certain age, you should just you should just know. You should just know what you're doing. You should know who you are. You should know how to like be an adult. <laughs> and something that really helped me was I just came to this point where I was just like, no one knows what they're doing. Like, literally no one knows. Even even the people that you see and, like, they look like they've got their career all sorted and they're, like, in a really high position, they, they still don't fully know what they're doing, you know? One way Nafisa has been combating work-related worries is with taekwondo classes. She explains how it's helped her gain perspective and stay motivated in her work. I think taekwondo is really interesting because definitely is one of those things which constantly pushes me out of my comfort zone and I just for me even the the whole like being in a session for two hours and not thinking about work not thinking about my phone not have like you're just too busy to even think about anything else definitely does something for my mind but I think it's the fact that it I know that I can't get to black belt next year I just have to keep trying and I just have to keep going and I just have to keep lifting my leg up and trying to kick someone in the head you know and I think it it also definitely reminds you that you know if you just keep trying you you will get somewhere again you might not be a taekwondo olympian but you'll get somewhere and you will improve and you will move forward and for me it's become a lot around resilience a lot around just showing up just show regardless of if you're going to give 100% at that session that day just keep showing up because it's better than not right the idea to create a platform for muslim women first came to nafisa while she was a student at ucl She tells us how Amalia came into being and how working within her university after graduating became a helpful stepping stone. And I was probably in my second year of university going into my third year. And I had this rough idea of like, I wanted, we we actually started in the fashion space. So I had this idea of like, I wanted to do something which helped make it easier for Muslim women who wanted to cover up, but still look good, basically fine clothes. And then eventually I just kind of just started, kept playing with the idea, kept playing with the idea. And then I learned to code to basically build a first version. And then I kind of just got a first version up and I was like, okay. And I didn't tell anyone. I was just like, okay, let's just keep going with it. And then we, we started as pretty much like an Instagram page before the website was built. And it, it was just one of those things. I was like, okay, let's, let's just like keep inching forward. Let's just see what happens. Let's see what happens. And then... The more I started talking about it, I was like, okay, this feels like it it could be real. This feels like it could happen. So when I was working on it in 2015, I was working at UCL for their enterprise centre. And the whole point of the job was that you did three days a week at the enterprise centre helping um, other students and helping to basically promote entrepreneurship and business on campus with the idea that the other two days they'd give you desk space to work on your idea. 
And the director at the time, Tim Barnes, he was like really, he really wanted to see more startups come out of UCL at that time. And then actually after a year of doing that, after the year finished, it was time to renew my contract. And I actually said to myself, I'm going to quit my job. I'm going to give myself three months. And because that's how much money I kind of had to see me through. And I said, if I can't make anything happen in three months, then I'm going to go find a job. It's not the end of the world. I'll just like go find something, right? At least I tried. And then within those three months is when we got accepted to the accelerator. And part of the accelerator is that they give you a cash amount of money to basically keep you going for a couple of months so that you can work on it full time. And then shortly after that, we we raised some investment as well. So it, it kind it, it was one of those things where I was like, okay, we can we can keep going, we can keep going. Um, and so it, it literally kind of aligned at, at the right times. Looking back, Nafisa now describes those early years of Amalia as their ugly team phase, but an important period of trial and error. I guess that when I think of Amalia, I think of we had our ugly teen phase, is how I call it. And it's where like nothing looked right, nothing looked good, nothing was good quality. We were just putting things out as a means to an end to try and get somewhere rather than that being a great piece of work or whatever it was. And I guess my advice is like, let yourself have that ugly teen phase because I think sometimes we put a lot of pressure and we let a lot of years pass. And I definitely did because I'm like, no, I, I have to be that beautiful swan, right? When I do come into the scene or when I do produce some work. For me, I've always said, whenever people come to me for, for advice on that idea, I always say to them, it's, better be better to be ripped apart for poor execution rather than not starting at all just start creating the sort of work that you want to do and you want to be known for and just keep being intentional about it and honestly if you just keep putting it out there eventually it will get picked up lastly we asked Nafisa the advice she'd give someone just starting out now including those who might not have a clear idea of which path to follow I think the first thing is really take note of what you gravitate to because I think sometimes we we think of strengths and passions as like really specific things of like I'm really good with numbers or my strength is talking to people you know because that's traditionally how we do talk about them throughout education but it's being really intentional about what do you gravitate to so like what sort of articles are you reading what sort of podcasts even Netflix like what sort of stuff do you like on Netflix are you always gravitating to documentaries is is Netflix just like a binge place for you but even then what are you binging you know and you might even come to the conclusion that actually you'd love to be a film critic you know (laughs) like and I, I think part of it is being intentional about what grabs your interest because I think we sometimes don't realize how unique that is and then the second thing is then just go on on LinkedIn on Twitter find the people that you feel like are in those spaces or doing those sorts of things um and that that for me is where Twitter has been incredible in terms of meeting people and just understanding different spheres and different bubbles. And, you know, I, I say like you can be anything because you you there really are so many different jobs out there and there really are so many different industries that we don't even know about. But Twitter, literally, I, I just DM people. and I'm like, hey, I would love to like have a coffee or I'd love to just understand more about the space you're in or just follow them for some time and just get exposed especially if people are using Twitter as like a professional platform sharing their work sharing other interesting things that's what I really enjoy 
on Twitter being able to curate this bubble of people that you can learn from and that are really interested like I actually think the the biggest challenge now is not so much not being able to be that thing but actually choosing which one you're going to be because there is just so many opportunities out there and so many sectors and subsectors and so many ways that things are intersecting like AI is intersecting with like virtually everything you know so if you are interested in AI it's then finding okay what intersection do you, do you care about This episode of Creative Lives was brought to you by Lecture in Progress. It was presented by me, Indy Davis, and the guest was Nafisa Bakar. The editor was Ivor Manley. Lecture in Progress is made possible with the support of a number of brand partners. They include Us2, GF Smith, Google, Sky Creative Agency, Colophon Foundry, and the Paul Smith Foundation. For more information, check out lectureinprogress.com. You can also find us on Instagram and Twitter, and we love to hear from you guys. So please do get in touch with any career-related questions or topics you'd like to hear more about by emailing hello at lectureinprogress.com.